0: First Kings eighteen, verse seventeen. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he are you the troublemaker? And um, the prophet said, It's not me, you and your father's house. You forsook the commandments of the Lord. You followed Balaam, the prophet. Now, therefore, send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel and the prophets of Baal, 400 of them and 50, and the prophets of the grove, 400 of them which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel an invitation, gathered those prophets Up on Mount Carmel. Verse 21. Elijah came unto all the people and said. How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God. Follow him. But if Baal. Then follow him. And the people answered him. Not a word. And I speak a truth. My choice does not need a miracle. In the name of Jesus, I pray your anointing on me and all the people to preach and to hear and receive the word. We do so with readiness of mind and open spirit. Yes, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Put your Bibles behind you now and lift up one hand or two and just magnify the Lord because he's good. He's in this house. Hallelujah, Savior. We give you praise now. We give you praise now. Come on out of your mouth. Just extol him. I worship you, Lord. I give you glory and honor, dominion and power holy is the lamb of god he takes away the sin of the world my comforter my high tower my refuge my strength hallelujah jesus amen 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 thank you and you may be seated i would ask you just for a moment if you'll silence your phones that would be wonderful the prophet elijah has in the context he has been delivered to the masses of people the congregation like an offering from god to the people he is by far and away One of the world's most impactful men. Hebrew scholar writes that Elijah was the most famous and dramatic prophets of Israel. Notwithstanding the unique position of Samuel, Elijah's ministry was singular in nature. He was all prophet. Samuel was a multiplicity. Elijah both predicted and ended our scriptural reference which entailed the scenes of a three-year-long drought. But of course, there was much more to his own uniqueness. Elijah ministered in an era of great rebellion. He worked in the years of the height of wickedness. Ahab being the king and his wife Jezebel standing somewhere above her husband. It was a fully dysfunctional nation led by greed and power, false gods, and wicked intent. Perhaps history could not present a more sinister leading couple than that of Ahab and Jezebel. The monarch was replete with the spilling of innocent blood, grotesque idol worship and sacrifices, thievery and, yes, sexual perversions. The so-called religious leaders of Israel were created by men, not called by God. And in that chapter, we see Obadiah working in the middle of this debauchery in order to bring together Elijah the prophet and Ahab the king. And now they're standing there together on a mountain. The scene is filled with intensity and angst. Blame is the body of their opening statements toward one another. Finger pointing. A three-year drought, a God-made famine. The earth is scorched and the people feel its purpose. I've been to Mount Carmel several times, so I don't know how all of the people of Israel could gather there. But there must have been many, mostly men. And there were also 850 false prophets. Some scholars say that they would have been the adult congregation or leaders of Israel. And to think all of this was to establish, are you ready now? The recognition of God. Not that God needed my validation, but to affirm that He is the God of my life. After all the Lord had done among them, the centuries of wonders Elijah is now asking for a decision to be made can you imagine that the history of miracles powers victories deliverance and the prophet is now pressed to ask for a choice to be made thus he asked how long are you in a waiver between two opinions if the Lord is God follow him if Baal is your God then follow him it's the question yes if God is God if he is the Lord That's the question right now even today in this moment If he is the god of your life, I implore you put down everything that hinders you Everything that besets you Everything that cripples your walk and follow him and then look to him and follow him Whatever is in the way of you and the lord if he is your god follow him Don't reject the call the establishment your own affirmation of who is the God of your life Paul right before his conversion is on his way to Damascus Paul had to come to this moment he saw a bright light shining from heaven and a voice echoing from the same and Paul looked up and said who art thou Lord and the Lord said I am Jesus there was a question of lordship facing every one of us today it is a question of all the ages if the Lord is God Peter introduced the same thought on the first day that he preached the first sermon to the first birthing church he said in Acts 2 32 this Jesus hath God raised up all of you are witnesses of this he was establishing the deity of Jesus Christ it was first and foremost it was critical even Jesus said the same. He said to all those Pharisees, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. The Jews said to him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and you've seen Abraham. The Lord said, Verily I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. He He said he was the I am. They knew what he was saying. The I am that I am. Before Abraham. Then they took up stones to cast at him. But the Lord hid himself. Why would they stone him? Because Jesus was saying that he was God. Jesus was predating himself before their father Abraham. It could mean only one thing. They must recognize Jesus as the Lord God eternal. If God is God... I tell you today, it's a choice. And my choice does not need a miracle. Mm -hmm. Elijah's on the mountain presenting God. I know where my thoughts usually go. I'm reading on past that point. I see the challenge. It's an awesome challenge. It's Elijah's lone provocation. Think of it. His self-initiated dare. God never told him to build an altar, make a sacrifice and put God to the test. But Elijah must have thought, hey, this is a good idea. There's no scripture that the Lord ever said, go tell them, let the God who answers by fire be God. But Elijah thought, this is a great opportunity. I'll tell you what, I got an idea. Here's my thought. The creative team came up with this. Let the who answers by fire let him be God just note there was no falling fires no altars needed no sacrifice they poured water around the sacrifice made a ditch there was none of that needed until there was an indecision from among the people there was no need for fire falling and an altar and sacrifice until the people did not answer anything The people did not announce the Lord as God until there was a miracle of fire. No one bowed or submitted or called out Yahweh until the sky opened up and fire fell from heaven, consuming the sacrifice and the water around it and even licked up the dust, the Bible says. The miracle of fire and the subsequent sound of abundance of rain produced the right response among those in attendance. And I quote, and when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Ahab himself stood in awe at the handiwork of this great God. That's why he sat idly by as Elijah killed all 850 prophets of Baal and of the groves. Ahab was delighted to see it. He became immediately obedient to Elijah when the prophet said, King, rain is coming. Get off this mountain lest you die the flash flood. Ahab was in full compliance as well as the people. Falling fire has a way of making you believe, even if it is but momentary. But I say today, falling fire and the miracle of rain are short lived in light of the indecisive heart. My choice does not need a miracle. In fact, I submit today that had the people answered the prophet and admitted that the Lord indeed was God, there would have been no need for fire falling or a sacrifice or 12 buckets of water or the sounds of abundance of rain. The only miracle that happened was the miracle of affirmation of God from the heavens. That was God's doing But it was only to affirm himself. The miracle was only echoing of heaven's affirmation. And heaven's affirmation was this. Psalm 100. David said. Know ye that the Lord he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Mm -hmm. Stay with me now. Jesus rose from the dead. About eight days later. Most of his disciples, 10 of them in fact, are in a house. The Bible says the doors are locked and closed. When Jesus came in among them, stood and said, peace be with you. Verse 24, but Thomas, one of the 12 called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. And Thomas came to say, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side. I will not believe. Jesus said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand. Put it into my side. Stop doubting. Believe. Here. Jesus was good to Thomas. He was loving, full of compassion. The Lord knew that Thomas had a limitation that involved the analytical mind. It was illogical to Thomas that Jesus would have died and rose again. All the blood loss and the suffering and the certainty of the cross. Thomas knew that the Romans were efficient in death. And Thomas gives a conditional statement, conditional, that has afflicted millions of people who go to church, millions of believers and skeptics alike. They want to believe, but they struggle with doubt. Jesus knew it, so he offered Thomas something that he didn't offer anyone else. He offered Thomas the physical touch. And when Thomas was finished with his physical examination of the Lord, he cried out, My Lord! And my God. Thomas declared Jesus as Lord and God when he felt the wonder and saw with his own eyes the miracle. And I would think that, that right then it should be over. But Jesus had another thing to say. He said in the next verse. He said, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. But blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. And your choice, I say today, does not need a miracle. Uh-huh. Paul dealt with it he wrote about it Paul said for the Jews require a sign and the Greeks they like wisdom but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews it's a stumbling block to them and unto the Greek it's foolishness see Thomas had believed but it was based upon the feel it was faith based upon sight acceptance based upon falling fire And the Pharisees and the Sadducees were goading the Lord one day. It was a taunt and they said to the Lord, some of those Pharisees, they said, Teacher, we want to see a miraculous sign from you. And he answered, A wicked and adulterous generation asked for a miraculous sign. But none will be given except the sign of the prophet Jonah. What was that sign? That was three days in the belly of a whale. It was coming three days of Jesus Christ in a tomb. And he said to them, You are the descendants of those who killed the prophets. You've killed them. You slaughtered the anointed men that God gave you. They were heirs to the miracles of Moses. They were students of the scrolls that recorded the wonders of the prophets of great men. Elijah, Elisha, Daniel, Samuel, Isaiah. But signs, miracles did not save them. They were temporary at best. They were momentary hides that still demanded a decision. How long will you waver between two opinions? Please don't misunderstand me today. I love the miracle. I pray for it in your lives and for those who need the miracle. But I don't need a miracle to believe in God. My decision has been made. I have decided to follow Jesus. And I didn't do it because I saw the miracle. I love it. Hear me. When the ax head fell in the water, it took a miracle to get it back. The ax head floated back to the surface. That was a God moment. And when the widow woman could not pay the debt, she was obedient enough to find empty vessels and suddenly she filled oil from one to another till they were all filled with oil. That was a God moment. And when Joshua needed more time to defeat the enemy, and he commanded the sun to stand still, and I quote, stand now still, and the sun and the moon stood still in the valley of Ajalon, That was a God moment. Jesus took a few loaves and fish and fed five thousand with a boy's lunch, but it did not garnish loyal followers. And as much as I wish it could, the miracle will not save the soul of the sinner. The miracle can establish its power among the people; it can enlighten the thoughts of the doubter, but it cannot make the lost saved, and it cannot clean the heart from wickedness. Moses. Sat in awe as Moses, Moses sat in awe of God, and even Pharaoh, as as this great leader Moses turned water into blood, and a stick he threw down made into a slithering snake. But it did not change the heart of Pharaoh. The Pharaoh, the Pharaoh that was in that in that throne, he still had a hardened heart. And the Pharisees were a witness to the known things of Jesus Christ, even the blind beggar receiving sight. But in the end, they simply said, "Give God." Praise, we know that this man is a sinner. The miracle. Elisha cured Naaman's leprosy and he struck the Syrian army blind. But Israel left those miracles and signs, and they returned to their false gods and their sheer poles and their groves and their high places because the decision is the primary. I choose to believe my faith is established not by what I see but what I know. For we walk by faith and not by sight I stand here today to tell you I don't need a miracle to know that he is the Lord God Almighty I love the falling fire and I love the end of a drought but my choice does not need a miracle I'm standing here asking all of you, how long are you going to waver between two opinions? If the Lord is your God, follow him with all of your heart. Lay aside everything. If he's the Lord of your life, make him the Lord. Give him lordship. Give him the throne of your heart. Yay! Yes, yes, yes. I know some of you are in a drought right now. It's a spiritual drought maybe even emotional, some physical thing, you're struggling to keep your head up. I know sometimes it's work, a lot of work to be faithful. Consistency may not be for you as easy as it once was. It's like a marriage. The husband who is faithful is faithful. He does so and he is so without condition. A wife who is true is not that way because of gifts. She does not love him less or more because he gave her flowers on Valentine's Day or he forgot her birthday. Now, you might get in trouble. You, you may be in trouble huh? if you're a birthday or an anniversary service. If she says to you, do you know what day it is? And you reply, Sublimely Tuesday. (laughs) Well, yes, you're a big dummy, of course. But marriage is a decision. This is why people today are struggling in their marriages. They thought it was good and right because of the feeling. Somebody must have left this out because no one told them, or maybe they never stood. Love is a choice. It's not an emotion. Mm -hmm. Commitment, dedication, consecration can all be enhanced by the miracle. But I choose. I choose Jesus. And my choice is not predicated on a miracle, whether or not I get my miracle or not. I've stood in too many hospital hallways with people, aunts, uncles, moms, dads, grandparents, and telling me, if the Lord will heal them, I'll serve him. No, that's not how it works. He may choose to do one or the other. You serve him because he's God. You serve him because he's omnipotent, omniscient, all-knowing, immutable. His his love is good all the time, whether or not you have the miracle or not. I want to serve him without fire falling from heaven. I want to love him without the miracle. It's my choice, and my choice doesn't need an affirmation from the heavens. The decision of his lordship and our commitment to the gospel is what we choose it to be. I've decided to follow Jesus. You ought to say that right now. I've decided to follow Jesus. If nobody else goes, I'm going. i decided to go to the church to worship. If nobody in my family goes, I'm going. If everybody stays home in bed, I'm going. If nobody wants to worship, I'm worshiping. If the music doesn't play the right song, I'm still clapping. Why? Because I chose to do it. I choose it. I decided it. Tell me if the Lord is your God. I want to know if the Lord is your God. Wait, wait, wait. Tell me if the Lord is your God when you have trouble and struggle in your family. Tell me if the Lord is your God when you come down with an incurable disease or something terrible happens in your family. Tell me then if the Lord is your God. I want to know really if the Lord's your God because if you needed fire falling from heaven to establish your decision, you didn't make a decision. You're a temporary high. It's a temporary thing. But when you've got trouble and loss and you don't know where to go, then you're going to know he's the Lord or he's not the Lord. Yay! Yeah. I decided to follow Jesus. It's not contingent on whether or not I physically recover. Please don't make a deal with God that if he heals you, you'll be faithful. No, it doesn't work like that. You don't need a deliverance from your present struggle to follow the Lord. You just need to make up your mind, I'm following Jesus. Jesus. And listen, if you if you treated your relationships like that, you're in big trouble. Your marriage is already over. I'm going to tell you, it looks good right now. It's already over. Because when there's no more money in the bank and a terrible thing happens and you're in an accident and something happens to your house and there's trouble on the way and all kinds of junk and mess, if you didn't decide to love her or to love him and to keep him, all that stuff will crumble your life. You've got to make the decision. I am faithful. I am yours. Nothing, nothing can turn me away from you. And you got to say it. He is the Lord of my life. He is the Lord of my loves. He's the Lord of my success. He's the Lord of my peril. He's the Lord in the storm. He's the Lord in the sunshine. He's God on the platform. He's God in my home. He's God in the church. He's God in the car. He's God when I lose my job. He's the Lord when I get an advancement. He's always the Lord. somebody make the choice today how long are you going to waver if the Lord is God follow him and maybe it's not for you maybe it's not for you but it's I cannot allow the predicated outcome to determine my worship to him In fact, perhaps the greatest testimony is of those who are praising God. And everybody else is wondering how they can do it in a time like this. Maybe the great witness is when you're worshiping the Lord, but the heavens are brass and there's no sign. You just got to stand up and say... I came in this world naked, and I'm going to lead the same. But blessed be the name of the Lord. You're going to have to stand up and say, I look for the Lord. I couldn't find him. I look for him in front. He was nowhere to be found. I looked for him behind in my right and left. He hid himself from me, but I decided to follow him. He's the Lord, and I'm never going to stop blessing his name. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who healeth all thine diseases, who forgiveth all thine iniquities out of my mouth? I will bless the Lord, for he is comely and he is right, and his name is my high tower and my refuge. Uh-huh. Here's Paul. He writes to the church in Thessalonica. You quoted, that's not good enough. If the Lord's the Lord of your life, you'll have to live it. Are you ready? In everything. I might be crying and my heart might be broken, but in everything, I'm giving thanks. Every once in a while, Elder. People come to me and ask me if I think this or that is the will of God for them. I don't know. I'm not sure. But I do know one part of the will of God. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Here's what David wrote, I will bless the Lord, Psalm 34, at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. If it is that way, it's my choice. It's not the result of some good thing that happened to you because if you only praise God in the good times He is not the Lord of your life, but he is deserving of our praise just because he is God of our lives Somebody ought to affirm the Lordship in your life today Because my choice doesn't mean a miracle I preached a revival for seven nights at a church in Illinois many years ago. And I'm going to tell you, something was wrong with the drummer. They had the wrong person on the drums. He played his own song throughout the entire worship service. He had a lot of drum toms to hit and a lot of cymbals. And I thought, he must think that they're lonely if they don't get attention. There was a guitar player on the platform too. And he... (laughs) <laughs> True, was he? He belonged in a rock band. He had a distortion pedal all the way up. There was a little sweet mother in the church playing the piano, the old style, where her left hand would go back and forth, and and she'd play this way, and her left hand would go back and forth, and and. And then there was a couple other people there. One person brought their own keyboard in and out of the church and played something far removed. Now for a musician, it's distracting to me. I, tr- I tried to clap. The beat that the drummer was playing never matched. The, the old mother playing the piano and it was hard to hear from the distortion led zeppelin look alike i worship i promise 6 nights in a row i worship to the worst band in pentecost on one of those nights one guy found an old trumpet in his closet and came to play with the worship send it on down in the worst way possible. And they didn't just play it one time. You know, they played it until you got it. And then after you got it, they wore it out until they were tired. I want to tell you, I worshipped, praised God, I clapped, I tried to stay with, with the keyboard player Sweet mother that was playing. I had to watch her hands to know the beat. Because the drummer and the bass player or whoever it was, the guitar player and the trumpeteer. It was like a collision course <clears throat> at a busy intersection. And God is my witness on the last day of the last song. A miracle happened. They got together. I was so shocked. It was like revival had just broken out in the music department, and they started to play together, following each other. The trumpet guy didn't come that night, so that was good. And they started to play, it was like a miracle. It was a miracle. I even said while I was standing there, it's like a Christmas miracle in the summer. (laughs) Finally, after all those times, if they just started that way, I'd have been good. But they didn't start that way. It was bad. But finally they got together. It was a miracle. Now, if we would have waited for the band to get together before we praise God, we'd we'd have wasted six days and most of the seventh day. If you wait for everything in your life to get right before you make a commitment to God, you'll never make a commitment to God. If you wait till you get all your finances together, all your home together, all your family together, you're never going to be faithful to the things of God. Here, pastor, if you need a miracle to stay saved, you might get your miracle, but the fire doesn't always fall every day. I'm praying for miracles and signs and wonders, and I believe God's going to give it. But I want him to give it for his glory. I want the Lord to heal Oliver for his glory. I'm not worried. Larry and Lori, that you're going to leave the church and give up on God whether or not anything happens in, in Oliver's life for the rest of their life. That's not why I'm praying for the miracle. I'm not praying that God will give him a miracle to keep you faithful. I'm praying that God will give him a miracle so the glory of God might be manifest and people might know he is the Lord God Almighty and his power is unlimited. Oh, somebody shout it out. Yes. Somebody say yes. You ought to clap your hands unto the Lord and you ought to sing it out of your mouth. I praise you. I praise you. I worship you. I give my life to you. i got to read a little word, then I'll, then I'll be done. Are you ready? Here's Joshua. Joshua 24, verse 1. Help me now. He gets everyone together, all the elders. Verse 2. It's what the Lord said. Long ago, your fathers, they lived somewhere else. They worshiped other gods. Verse 3. But I took Abraham... Isaac, Jacob, verse 4, I assigned them a place, verse 5. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there. I brought you out. Somebody say it, he brought me out. Did the Lord bring anybody out? Now when I brought out your fathers out of Egypt, you came to the Red Sea. The Egyptians are behind you with their horses and chariots, but you can't get past But you cried for help. I put darkness between you and them. I brought the sea over them, covered them, drowned them. You saw them with your own eyes, what I did. Then you lived in a desert for a long time, but I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived east of Jordan. They fought against you. I gave them into your hands. I destroyed them from before you and you took possession of their land, verse 9. When Balak needed help, I was there. Verse 10, when Balaam tried to curse you, I made him bless you over and over again. I delivered you out of his hand. You crossed Jordan. You came to Jericho. That was a well-fortified city. I gave you that and all the people. Verse 12, I sent the hornet ahead of you and drove them out before you. Also, the two Amorite kings, you did not do it with your own sword and bow. I gave you the land on which you did not toil, and cities which you did not build, you live in them, you eat from the vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Now fear the Lord, Joshua says. Serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your fathers. How could it be they had all of that and they still reverted back? Because the miracle was not powerful enough to keep them from their terrible choices. And then Joshua finally said, okay, you don't want to do it? Here, let me give you it. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, Choose for yourself. But as for me and my house, I'm making a decision right now here today. We're going to serve God no matter what happens to us. We're coming. You see this seat where I'm sitting right here? This is my seat. If someone comes and gets here before me, I'm going to get in front and back. But I'll get here early so no one takes my seat. Because I'm coming. You can't chase me out of this church. The devil can't run me out of this faith. There ain't no false doctrine that can lift me and uproot me. Nobody can pluck me out. No one can take me out. There ain't no valley deep enough that's going to drive me away from the presence of Jehovah. Hey, there's no doubt that can be presented to my mind. There's no disappointment that can ever, come on. You've got to say it with your own mouth. I decided, and I don't need a miracle. If the miracle comes, I'll praise God, but I'll praise him like I'm going to praise him before or after or never. Oh, people, I'm calling for a choice to be made. Don't waver. If the Lord is God, follow him. Follow him, Follow him. Yeah. Just stand right now and just and just Make the choice. It can be emotional if you want it to be, but you just have to make the decision right now. I've decided, I'm deciding. Today, I'm deciding. If you've already decided, make it again, saying, I'm deciding. Today is my choice. I'm gonna follow the Lord. I'm gonna follow the Lord. This, This is where I'm gonna be. This is what I'm gonna believe. This is who I am. If the Lord is not your Lord, then follow whatever God you're following. But if the Lord is your God, you lay down everything in your life. You make a commitment stronger than anything. You make a commitment with your time. Your money, your passion, your energy, your love, your desires, your ambition. God is God. I'm following Him. The Lord is God. I'm following Him. I'm never turning back. You can take everything but give me Jesus. If everybody forsakes me, I'm never following anybody else but Jesus. If the Lord is your God, you ought to say it. You are the Lord of my life. Uh. Out of your mouth, out of your mouth, you've got to say it. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Don't let anything come in between me. What's going to separate you from the love that's in God? Love in God, which is in Christ Jesus. What's going to separate Nothing, nothing, nothing. Nothing, nothing. Nothing, nothing. 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 <laughs> If you have your Bibles, go to turn your Bible to the book of Romans, chapter 8. Let's, let's read the Bible here. I'm given an emotional response in my own life, but I'm glad if you make it an emotional response, it's, it's good. But I want this to be a cognitive decision. Are you ready? Verse 28. And we know, everyone say we know. All things work together for good if you love God and you're called according to his purpose. It's not going to work good if you're not loving God with all your heart and you're not called according to his purpose. Everything that happens, even the things you think are horrible, are not horrible. Because you are you are loving God, you're called according to his purpose. He's grafting something in you, even things that are done wrong to you. God makes them good. They may mean evil, but the Lord means it or or determines it for your good. Verse 30, verse 29. For whom he did know, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Go down to verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It's Christ that died. Yea, rather that he is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? I'm asking you this today. Shall tribulation? What about distress? What if you're persecuted? What if you're hungry? what if you're without all your material possessions apparel or sword it's written for thy sake we are killed all the day long we're counted as sheep for the slaughter we're counted as people who willingly go through trouble but nay in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us For I am persuaded. you got to put your hand on yourself and say it. I am persuaded. You ought to say it to yourself. I'm persuaded that neither death. See, that can't be your death. That's got to be the death of someone you love. That neither death nor life. Because you can have a good life in the world and follow the pleasures of sin. But it's only for a season. All those pleasures. I've decided. I'm persuaded. Not an angel not a principality, not a power, not things present, things to come, not height, not depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm calling for decisions to be made today. Come on. If the Lord's your God, make a decision right now. And the Lord is calling for you. Make a decision. Here it is. You ought to do something to affirm that in your life. Right now, Jesus, I'm deciding right now, here and forever, right now, I'm making a decision.